This podcast explores the commonality between our DMB brothers and sisters to demonstrate the true strength and depth of our family. We have all shared the soundtrack in our best and worst moments, and with that fact we argue that we're never truly alone when the music is playing. So sit back, relax, and welcome to the best of what's around. Welcome to DMB On Demand. Hey friends, Bridget here again. This time we're going back to 2009 and 2010. Finishing up Big Whiskey and the Grugrux King at New Orleans studio in early 2009, the band was able to incorporate much of material Leroy Moore had recorded during its 2008 sessions. His death catalyzed the latest sea change in the band's music, said so the New York Times while Rolling Stone awarded the album four stars. Released on June 2nd, 2009, Big Whiskey and the Grugux King debuted at number one on the Billboard 200, making Dave Matthews Band one of only two groups in chart history to have five consecutive studio albums enter atop the chart. It was subsequently certified platinum and nominated for two Grammy Awards, Album of the Year and Best Rock Album. The band's July 5, 2009 show in Lucca, Italy was captured on the three-CD set Europe 2009, which also featured the Across the Pond DVD from a show at London's Brixton Academy. Other 2009 live releases included volumes 14, 15, and 16 of the live track series and downloads of four early 1990s concert. In September, as what would have been Leroy's 48th birthday drew near, the Leroy Moore Fund, established by Moore's Trust, announced its college scholarship program. In 2010, Dave Matthews Band established the Bama Works Haiti Relief Fund to provide long-term support following the January 12th earthquake. Proceeds from a five-song EP, the Haiti Relief Project benefited the fund. Named the biggest ticket seller worldwide of the previous decade, DMB launched a European tour in February, shortly after its performance of the Grammy Award telecast. The summer, for, the summer tour featured headlining slots at the Bonnaroo and Hullabaloo and Mile High Music Festivals and shows at numerous stadiums, including City Field in Flushing, New York, documented on the two disc live in New York City release later in that year. Tickets to the run's closing nights at Chicago's Wrigley Field sold out minutes after they went on sale. After a South American outing, Dave Matthews Band returned to the States for an arena tour that wrapped up at Charlottesville's John Paul Jones Arena. The hometown show was particularly poignant as DMB had announced plans to take 2011 off from touring. Volumes 17, 18, and 19 of the live track series and downloads of several historic DMB concerts were released in 2010, plus Matthews and Reynolds' two CD set live in Las Vegas. Thanks, guys. So I'm pretty excited about our interview this week. We're sitting down with Chris. Chris has become a good friend of both myself and DMB On Demand and is active daily in the DMB community. And so um, as I was reading through the questionnaire I send to people before the interview, I was reading through Chris's answers. And I think there's a few points in there that people are going to find uh, a commonality with it. And they probably didn't think there was commonality and that's kind of what we're doing here we're pulling back the layers we're looking at how this music has impacted our lives individually and collectively and we want to take that bond that ties us together and use it to be better to one another so i'm pretty excited today so i think it's going to shine a light on the the purpose of this podcast so with that being said let's just jump right into it 
Chris, can you give me your name and where you're from and what do you do for a living? Sure. Uh, first and foremost, I'd like to thank you for having me on, Drew. I appreciate it. Um, my name's Chris and I'm from a small farming community in southeast Indiana. Um, it's pretty rural. Uh, for a living, I'm a nurse and I work in surgery and I function as what's called a uh, first assist role. And um, what that means is I'm the one that helps prep the patient when you go to surgery and put the drapes on and um, the doctor comes in, I assist him with uh, whatever the operation is that we're doing. And then when we're done fixing what we were going to fix and he leaves the room, I'm the one that sews you up and puts the dressings on and helps get you over to the uh, recovery room area. And um, it's a great profession. I love it. I really, there's honestly, I don't know that there's uh, another job that I'd rather do. Um, I really like uh, the hands-on aspect of it. I like to wash my hands and go in there and get to, you know, help fix things. And I'm not much of a computer person, so a lot of nursing these days is uh, there's a lot of charting involved and a lot of computer work, and I don't have any of that. I don't even have to log onto a computer uh, when I get to work. I just get to wash my hands and jump right in and help people, and I really, really like that uh, aspect of it. And um, it's just a really great job, and it's, it's given me and my family a good life, so I'm thankful for it. Yeah, Chris and I were talking before the interview in kind of a small world. My wife is actually a first assist uh, nurse. She's traveling, but also in surgery. And uh, we're also from Indiana, so it's kind of a kind of a small world. All right, Chris, so we learned a little bit about what you do for a living. How does, not how, what does life look like when you're not at work, your interests, your hobbies, things like that? Well, in the small community that I live in, we have a volunteer fire department and I'm the assistant chief of that department. And we cover about 110 square miles and um, we do between three and 400 uh, EMS and fire runs a year. And um, so as you can imagine, that keeps me pretty busy. It's where most of my friends are, um, the guys on the fire department go up there and play poker every now and then. And um, I'm a big bourbon guy. I love bourbon. I like to collect bourbon. I like to drink bourbon. Um, I like to seek out uh, hard to find bottles. And so uh, my wife's kind of a, she's a, a rum drinker. And um, so she's got her thing and I got mine and it's fun to, we can go out and do some tastings and, uh, you know, get a flight um, explore, you know, new, uh, new drinks. So that's something that we like to do and, uh, really enjoy camping, being outdoors. Um, that's about it. Hey, I did have a question going back to your profession. Um, one of the things that Lacey said she's noticed is, uh, they're putting her in other parts of the hospital because, with the coronavirus going on, they don't want to do elective surgeries. So that way they have all the PPE and equipment needed in case things got really bad. Have you noticed the same from where you're at where elective surgeries have either dropped or put on hold? For sure. Um, we, we stopped doing elective surgeries about five weeks ago. Um, per the order from the, um, surgeon general, and um, so we are planning on opening that back up on um, next Wednesday. We're going to start kind of phasing in. Uh, Indiana governor has uh, given us the okay to go ahead and start doing some elective surgeries. Um, we're only going to be running about half the rooms that we, we uh, typically run. We're just kind of going to ease into it. Um, it, to answer your question, yeah, I've had to be the uh, screener in the emergency room 
um, for the, the patients coming in, uh, the emergent patients. Uh, EMS will bring them in and we have to screen them and do their temperatures and, you know, that type of thing. So I have been doing a little of that. I am fortunate enough that there's not a whole lot of us first assist in the uh, department. So we've kind of been getting our hours on call. I know you and I had a little bit of a hard time meeting up just because of my call. I live more than 30 minutes away from the hospital, um, which is call range. So when I'm on call, I actually physically have to stay in the hospital, which is not a lot of fun. Um, so that's the reason you and I had a little bit hard time um, being able to figure out a date that worked for both of us because I've been taking a lot of extra call. So hopefully um, we'll see that next Wednesday. Um, we'll get back to a little bit of, of the normal. Yeah, hey, and on behalf of, of all the listeners here, thank you for um, not just frontline and screening at the hospital, but what you do um, in your hobbies as well is an act of service. And so for both of those acts of service, sincere thank you um, for what you do. I truly appreciate it. Uh, all right, let's jump into a little bit of the music and start off with what, what people consider to be the toughest question in the whole interview. And it's not tough as in we're going to be scratching the surface and digging deep. It's a matter of narrowing down to a favorite when it comes to DMB. But we're going to try it anyway. So question one right out of the gate is the obvious one. What's your favorite DMB song? And if you can speak as to why it's your favorite song. Well, probably just like everyone else, it it tends to ebb and flow. It changes, um, but "Pig" is the the one song that um, that probably pops up in my mind as being a favorite. Um, it's it's simply a lyrical masterpiece. It's just it's a beautiful poem that um, you know, and a spoken word would just be great on its own. But then it has. Uh, you know, some good music to, to go along with it. And I really like the, uh, um, the, the message that it gives and, you know, it's, um, it kind you know, we're all as small as dust and regardless of your religious beliefs, you, I don't know how you can go through life and not feel that there's just something larger there's, there's just something, uh, you know, that maybe we don't know, but, you know, we're, we're just a little, we're just a blink of an eye in the time of this planet. And um, I think that Pig, you know, it, it, um, it speaks to that. And um, I always just kind of get lost when I hear that song. It's one I don't sing along with uh, in my car. I don't do any carpool karaoke to. Uh, I just kind of, I just sit back and take it in. It's just, it's just a beautiful song. Couldn't agree more. And um, as you said, the message of the song is just, it's layered. First of all, there's, <laughs> there's like eight or nine different layers to the message of that song from not burning day to being small as dust. It's just, it was a great pick. It's just an amazing song. There's no way, other way to put it. Uh, all right, so continuing on, what is your favorite DMB lyric, and why is it your favorite lyric? Well, right now I've been listening to a lot of Mercy, and I think it speaks to all of us um, with this uh, the COVID-19 thing uh, going on that we're all having to deal with. And... Um, you know, mercy, will we overcome this? Um, will we get past this coronavirus? Uh, one by one, could we turn it around? Well, that's what social distancing is. That's the reason they're asking us to stay, in, stay inside. You know, carry on just a little bit longer. Um, maybe it's not time to, to go back to work and um, start doing the things that uh, we really want to do. And... Um, try to give you what you need is the is the last line of that hook and 
think that um, it just is a very powerful message um, in this time uh, that we're living in right now. And so that's probably that's probably my favorite lyric. Now I just think it speaks to me. Okay, so when we're done with this, I'm absolutely putting on that song and listening to it in this new context through this new looking glass because I've heard the song countless times and never even thought that it could apply really well to what we're all going through. So, um, and you know, that's another part of this podcast is trying to learn something new about things we thought we already knew. Uh, so I'll definitely be listening to that uh, when we get done with the context of what's going on in the world right now. Um, all right. So covered the song and your favorite lyrics. What year did you start becoming a fan of Dave Matthews band? And was there a song that you heard that kind of solidified it? Like, yep. Okay. This is it. Um, I might be telling my age a little bit here, but I graduated in high school in 1992 so it would have been around 1994 1995 that i just kind of started uh listening to their music there there honestly wasn't one song um it was more the style um it was just something fresh it was something you know it was kind of the grunge time and they were not really grunge but they just had a sound that was unique and i think that's what attracted me to them uh, i didn't start following them closely they were just on my radar at that time um, that was back in the days with cassette tapes and that type of stuff and i think maybe i borrowed a cassette tape off of someone i couldn't even tell you um, what it was at the time but i just started really wanting to hear more and more of their music. And so that's probably, I'd say around 94, 95 is when I started uh, just really kind of following them. All right. So with DMB, there's layers, I suppose you could say to the fandom. There's, the people who, you know, they think it's all right. Maybe they'll go to a show or two. Thousands upon thousands of those people. And then you get in this smaller DMB family, and it's people who um, are into it a bit more, maybe not diehard fans. And then you get to this DMB family that's this core group of people, 15, 20 people that you interact with on Twitter, that if you go to the same show, you're going to want to meet up, that sort of thing. And I think we both belong into that later category uh, so I'm curious what brought you into the DMB community uh, was there a person or did you just start diving deeper down that DMB rabbit hole and land there how did that come about for you well um, I, I guess uh, just to, to backtrack a little bit um, I've been married for a long time now and um, my wife uh, wasn't a DMB fan, um, only because she really didn't know of the band. And um, so I would, you know, I listened to my kind of music and she would listen to her kind of music. And um, I, I don't remember what year it was, but she went on a trip, a girl's uh, a trip with uh, some of her girlfriends and they went to Farm Aid in uh, it was in Tinley Park up in Chicago and she came back and she thought she had this revelation she's like I listened to this guy and his name is Dave Matthews and he is unbelievable and I was like I literally listen to that every day <laughs> so she's like what and then so I started playing you know pulling out some of the the songs and stuff she's like yeah that's I love that but she you know, like I said, she listened to her stuff and, and I listened to mine and, and we really didn't listen to each other's music. And if we did, it was when we were in the car together and we were talking and it just really wasn't, um, you know, up front and in the forefront. And uh, so so after, you know, she she's just as big a fan as I am. She loves the band. 
Um, we go to concerts together. We make our, we plan our summer vacations. Uh, this year I was planning on um, driving to Raleigh on Friday night to, to catch a show uh, end of July. And then we were going to go to Virginia Beach on Saturday. And um, then we were just going to stay in the Outer Banks for a week or so. So we kind of, you know, plan our vacations uh, around it. So I would say I, I really became immersed when, you know, I, when, when she got involved because it was something that we could do together and it was something that we both loved and it was a, it was a, a, a mutual love of, of the band. And it was just, uh, it was an easy step. So it wasn't just like me wanting to go see a show that somebody that she really doesn't like and I'd have to drag her along. Once she really um, knew who they were and once it was on her radar and, and she'd become a fan, it was it was a lot easier for me to you know start going to show after show after show. So Things are far more enjoyable when you have somebody you're close with uh, to share that experience with, whether it be music or sporting events, whatever the case may be, is just that much better when you have somebody you love to share that with. So I could definitely see how that would have uh, deepened the roots, so to speak. Um, so one thing we do when people come onto the podcast is we ask them what DMB On Demand is to them and what they'd like to see it grow into. The reason we do this is that A, we want to honor the on-demand part of DMB on-demand and that the people who are close, their input matters. Um, so for example, three months ago, DMB on-demand was a group on Twitter and Facebook that I just shared some random DMB files with. And then it grew into the merch store. And then the podcast happened with the song of the day on Twitter and it's kind of, it's everything's growing, but we don't know which way it's growing the fastest yet. And so we'd like to get some perspective from our friends that come onto the podcast, uh, both about what they see it as now and what they'd hope to see it branch out into. So there's the question. Can you tell us what uh, DMB On Demand is to you and where you'd like to see it grow towards? DMB On Demand is, um, it's a catalyst for interaction. Um, it's a hub for the fans to, um, to rally around. It's a, it's a common place that we can all go. Um, the song of the day is, is great because, you know, sometimes we, you know, we sing along to those songs, but we, we don't actually see it in writing. And so, at least for myself, when I'm scrolling through Twitter and I see the song that I always look at the lyrics and, you know, sometimes it will speak to you um, when it's written down in a way that it didn't in the song. And, you know, vice versa. Sometimes, you know, it takes the, the music behind the lyrics to kind of speak to you. But to me, that's what music's all about. It has to speak to you. It has to give you a feeling. Otherwise, it's just noise in the background. Music is immensely important to me, not just DMB, but that's, if I've had a rough day, if we've had rough cases, if I was on a bad call with the fire department, when I get back into my car, that is, I turn on the music and 80 to 90% of the times it's going to be Dave Matthews, but it's just, uh, it's, it's, I, I just want the music to speak to me, you know, lots of times that, it, it, even if it, it, you can look for a message in, in, a, in a particular song, like if you're feeling down, you put on a song and you're like, hey, you know, that lyric just said this and, it, you know, it's, it's going to be OK. You know, it makes you look at things a little differently. And so um, I really like the, the, the post that, that you do with the uh, with the song of the day. So like I said, sometimes we don't always see those lyrics in writing and um, it. it when you do see it in writing, um, sometimes it, it may spark something that maybe uh, the, the melody has drowned it out when it's in the, in the form of a song. Which I think that's one of the um, the hallmarks of, of the Dave Matthews Band is is you know obviously they have great musicians, but to me 
the backbone of this band is just the lyrics and the meaning of their songs. They're, they're just, they're so deep and um, it can really take you to a place or bring you up from um, a place that you don't want to be. Um, that's, that's really to me what music is all about. Yeah, doing the song of the day, one thing that became crystal clear um, after doing it for a few days is that if Dave Matthews wasn't a musician, he would make one hell of a poet and writer. Um, all that creative energy he has. You know, it's weird whether you're talking about the lyrics or you're talking about a whole song's composition. That all started in his head. He heard that before it happened. And... I don't know how you do that. I mean, your channels have to be far open to let that sort of sound, as majestic as it is, transfer from your thoughts to your fingers to the lyrics and then sung. is absolutely stunning. If you could choose one DMB song that everybody in the world would sit down and listen to one time, men, women, and children, what song would you like to give the world as a gift from DMB? That's an easy one. It has to be One Sweet World. Um, it it has to be because you know we all live on this on this planet, and um, that song tells us all we have to take care of it. It's all we have, and you know I'm I'm far from a tree hugger, but uh, I just think that you know us humans we're we're dirty and um, we just do lots. We make lots of bad decisions when it comes to the planet and how we take care of it. And um, I, I really think the entire world would benefit. They could just listen to that song and, you know, just realize it's all we have, you know, that's all we have. We have to take care of it. And um, yeah, it'd be great if, if just uh, everybody could get that song played on every radio station once a day, just to remind everybody, Hey, yeah, you know, let's not throw stuff out the window. Let's not, you know, throw your cigarette butts on the ground. You know, we just, we're just terrible at, at, uh, you know, this, the, the planet and this life that we have is so precious and we just take it for granted so often. And, um, I just think it would, uh, you know, if everybody could listen to that song and, and realize what it's about and understand the meaning, I think that uh, the, the world would just be a far better place. So with One Sweet World, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, we need to take care of what we have. And it's and like you said you know, earlier, too, we're, we're a speck of dust in the grand scheme of things. This is all we have. And we definitely need to take care of it. Wow. So when we bring guests onto the show, we ask them two questions on their life experiences. We ask them to take a look at one of the worst moments and one of the best moments. And the reason we do this is because if somebody's listening who may be happening to, or happen to go through a similar experience, it can give them some comfort knowing that somebody else has been through something similar and has used the same soundtrack uh, of DMB to get them through. So with that said, we're going to start with um, the negative end of the spectrum. If you can recall one event in your life that was particularly tough that DMB music either impacted in real time or it gives context to that situation looking back. If you could share that with us, please. Um, you know... Sometimes um, when I'm with the fire department and um, we have a bad run and, um, you know, mainly kids, anytime you, you have to uh, take care of a kid and, and um, whether you're doing CPR or, um, you know, a car wreck or something like that, really... It, it hits you different than, you know, you, you have empathy uh, or you should have empathy um, for everyone, but just the kids hit you a little different. And so I would say that's probably um, the thing that, that I struggle with the most and that bothers me the most is um, 
a, a bad run with a kid and, you know, some, I've got a couple in mind, I'm not going to bring them up, but um, there's not one particular song that gets me through it. But it's like I said before, music is my therapy. And so I, I want to go by myself, whether it be in my car or you know, in the house, and I just want to get away from it all. And I want to listen to music, and I want that music to speak to me somehow. And um, it's once again, it's normally Dave Matthews, but not always. Um, I like listening to some uh, uh, Ray Montaigne. He's uh, somebody I Brandy Carlisle. Uh, a couple other artists I listen to, but uh, I like to put them on and just let the, the music speak to me. And I usually can pick out of whatever song I'm listening to something that'll help me and make me think about things a little differently and help me move on, um, you know, to uh, a little bit better frame of mind. You know, I know this wasn't your main point in your answer, but I just I got to take a second to talk about Ray LaMontagne I, because I got turned on to him when his first CD came out and like Trouble grabbed a hold of me um, and everything for the next two or three CDs was just gold and uh, God Willing and the Creek Don't Rise, um, his full band album was amazing. I don't know what happened to that man. I don't know if that man ate too much acid or what but the last couple cds has been more like psychedelic pop and uh i wish he'd go back to his singer songwriter kind of kind of days i just i don't know what happened to that man all right so we're gonna go to the other end of the spectrum now same situation but this time uh, a positive event something that happened in your life that was a day for celebration, even if it's just internally, and if there was a DMB song that impacted it, or or now it gives you some context when you look back at that particular event in your life. Well, I would have to say, other than the the day that I married my wife, probably the birth of my daughter was the was the happiest day of my life. And you know, like all dads, it, it changes you. You look at things differently you think about things differently. And um, this last, uh, the, the Come Tomorrow CD, um, there, there's some songs on there um, that, like you said, in retrospect, you know, I listened to that. Now my daughter's older now. She's graduating from college this year. But, uh, you know, I hear Oh Joy Begin, like it just immediately takes me back to her running up to me and, you know, us playing and, um, it just, it, it, it warms my heart. And, um, so maybe at the time I, it, it, there wasn't a song, but you know, like so many things after, after you don't have it anymore, then that's the things you long for. So when I, I hear that's, you know, the, some of those songs when he's talking about his children or just children in general, just takes me back to when my daughter was younger and the, the fun times that we used to have and the things that we used to do. And it uh, always puts a smile on my face. So one of the goals of this podcast, Long Term Goals, is to be able to bring some of the band members on and flip the script. We want to um, let them, first of all, we want them to know how much they've shaped and impacted our lives through their music. Second of all, after doing that, we'd like to bring some of them on and reverse the flow and learn what the fans have meant to them over the years, what influence they've had. Um, so if that being the case, whether it be Lassard or Timmy, we're trying to get people to listen to the podcast so that we can proceed with this growth. So if you were sitting down with the band members couple couches in the room with him you could tell him something what would you tell him well oddly enough the the first conversation i would have with them would not be about music 
it would be about their humanitarian efforts, um, the the nonprofits. This band really cares about people, and they're passionate about giving back. And um, Dave, in particular, has been a huge part of Farm Aid for many, many years. He wasn't one of the original founders. You know, it was uh, Mellencamp and Willie and, and Neil Young, but he's he's the fourth uh, person on the board of directors. And uh, like I said, I come from a small farming community and Farm Aid, um, that particular charity means a lot to me. I personally know many, many people that used to farm and they don't farm anymore because they can't afford it. This, the, the, the big guys are coming in and they're buying everything up and the days of the small family farm are, they're just, uh, are few and far between. And it's something that, um, I personally, uh, as, as personally affected my life and, um, the lives of some of my friends and I see their struggles and, and it's real. And it's not just, you know, some people just think it's a, a farm. You know, they look at it as a farm, but it's not. To those people, that's their livelihood. It's how they make a living. It's how they provide for their family. When it's gone, that's all That's all you had because, you know, you, you were raised as a farmer. And that's all you did. You don't have any extra schooling or training. And, like, once that's gone, the, the rug is ripped out from underneath of you. And, um, you know, they, they don't have anything to fall back on. I'm sorry, I digress a little bit, but that's a that's a huge thing to me about the band is just their their humanitarian aspect. I really love the fact um, that they're passionate and they give back, and they don't just throw all that money in their pocket. So the very first thing I would talk to them about would just be a thank you um, for caring, and then uh, you know after that we could get into the music part of it. <laughs> All right, so one of the more difficult questions, just because it's hard to put your thumb on it, is um, with all the music that's out there from DMB, it ranges on a spectrum that's just crazy. Life, loss, death, love, pain, joy. Um, it's, it's all there, all across the board. But if you had to, if you were sitting down with somebody who had no knowledge of the band, and you had to tell them the overall message that the band is trying to come get across, what would that message be? Um, I, I think that it has to be love and acceptance for others. And they sing about it all the time, you know, song after song. Be kind always, no matter. Um, you know, all, all you have to do is go to a concert and look around. There's... There's young kids, there's senior citizens, there's black, there's white, there's uh, people from all different socioeconomic uh, divide. And um, it's just, uh, I think that the reason that you see that is because the message comes across that it's about love and acceptance. You know, we just have to, you know, like I said earlier about taking care of the planet, you know, something that, that I, really believe in and and probably the fact that um you know on, on the fire department and a nurse is that we have to take care of each other it, we really have to you know look after one another and just be nice to everyone and have compassion and have empathy because you have no idea um you know what they've had to do um you, unless you walked in their shoes you don't know that they're what their story is about so we shouldn't judge people and certainly never should we ever look at somebody that's different than us and think that they're lesser for, you know, one reason or another. And, and I think that the, the music of this, uh, this band, um, time and time again, just tells us, you know, just to love, to, to be loving and, and accepting of one another. You know, a while back, we had a guest on this show, and she said something that blew me away. I write, and it reminds me of, of what you just said. And I'm blown away by simple things. Simple, small, the more powerful they are, the better, especially when it comes to sentiment or statements. 
And she said, I don't want to misquote here, so let me think. She said, to me, I found that the people who love DMB just love. And I think that is, is very true. And if not, then it should be. And that kind of goes back to what you were just speaking about. If, if we love Dave Matthews Band, then we're people who just love. And if we're going to be people who just love, we got to practice that. It's not just hearing it. It's not just speaking it. We, we have to practice that love. Um, so I think that was a really, really good answer um, to that particular question. And uh, one that hasn't been given so far. So uh, very well, very well. All right, so the last thing we want to do when our guests come on is kind of give them the floor to use our platform, talk about anything they want to talk about, promote anything, whether it be people that they know, Twitter handles, organizations, charities like Farm Aid, anything. Uh, whatever you think the world needs to know more about, that's what you can tell them. So you have the floor. Uh, I really don't want to shout anybody out because I'm afraid I'll miss someone. Um, but the, the DMB family, um, especially on Twitter, um, has been very supportive of me, uh, personally, uh, some, some, um, some personal messages that have been given across here recently. I want to thank everyone, um, for your, your kind words. And, um, you know, I know that it's been said many times uh, with this pandemic, but you know, it's, we'll get through it and, and we will get through this. And it's tough for a lot of us. I am so blessed and so fortunate that I have a job that allows me to continue working. I couldn't imagine sitting at home, uh, wondering how I'm gonna put food on the table for my family. And uh, I really have a lot of empathy for those people. And if that's you, I'm sorry. And um, I certainly wish there was more that we could do as a society. Um, so no one should ever have to worry about taking care of their family. It's just such a, you know, maybe that's a kind of a manly way of looking at things and uh, maybe not politically correct, but I always look at that like you're, to me, the family is just, uh, it's the most important thing that there is. And taking care of your family is the most important thing that I can do as a person. Past that, after my family, then I think it's just, uh, you know, it's mankind in general. Like I said before, we, we just need to take care of each other. We need to listen to each other. We need to, uh, you know, don't, don't walk over the person that's down. Put your hand out and lift them up. And you're going to be better for it. And they're going to be better for it. And... I feel like maybe I'm preaching to the to the wrong crowd because, like you said, the people that follow this band are um, some of the greatest people I've ever met. They're they're some of the most genuine people that I've ever met, and uh, I feel like this message needs to get to people that are not in the DMB community. Um, but this is the platform that I have, and that's my soapbox, and that's all I have to say. Thank you, Drew. No problem. And you're right. The message does need to, to spread beyond just the DMB fans. And uh, I think just recognizing that bond between us and treating each other better, at the very least, we can relay that music in our actions, in our words to others. And, and it's not going to surpass the DMB community necessarily, but the people who are close friends or family with that person they're going to feel the benefit of it. So in that way, we can reach a little bit further just by being good to one another, as you said uh, a few times in this episode. So uh, one thing before we go, about two weeks ago, I started to get the itch to bring somebody back on and do another interview. Uh, they were they went in depth on their first one, but I felt there was still more to scratch. And so I sat down and started thinking of a format for guests who come back and I had maybe a dozen questions, but it felt clinical and I wanted to do something a little more personal. So the idea is, is that from time to time, I'm going to bring guests back onto the show and we're going to pick a song and we're just going to break it down 
lyric by lyric and what it means to us. It's going to be a casual conversation, uh, just kind of going back and forth about the lines that we had just read. So that being said, down the road, I would love to have you back on and do that with the song Pig. I think that would be an amazing song to go lyric by lyric and see how it speaks to our hearts. And uh, if you'd be willing to come back and do that, I'd be excited to have you back on. Absolutely, Drew. Um, and thank you for thinking of me. That's a, that's like, that was my favorite song pick. Uh, so, and, um, I, I really have dissected that song quite a bit. So, uh, maybe I can give you a little insight there. So I would be happy to be back. Fantastic. Okay, Chris, thanks for, uh, for coming on and taking the time to sit down and, and answer some of the questions. It was a pleasure speaking with you and, um, We'll definitely get scheduled for that second call where we break down Pig. I'm, there's a lot of songs I'm looking forward to breaking down, but that has to be the top one. So anyway, we'll talk to you soon, Chris. Thank you. Welcome to The Way I Heard It. This is a segment for you, the listener. Each episode, I reach out to a handful of listeners to ask them about a specific song and what it means to them and how they apply the message of that song in their own life. Some will make you laugh. Others may make you cry with empathy. But each one is straight from the heart. So let's get right into this week's edition of The Way I Heard It. What's up, everybody? This is Eli Carr, and the song that we're going to go over today is uh, Grace is Gone. Very excited to do this song. Um, one of my favorite Dave Matthews songs of all time, for sure. <clears throat> and if you've heard me talk about his music before, you're probably like, Jeez, every one of his songs is his favorite song, so <laughs> it depends on the mood, right? But um, I really, this song is amazing. Um, it's actually one of the first, I think it might even be the first uh, Dave Matthews song I learned on guitar. And um, it was just, the second I heard it, I was like, damn, it was just, it's a great song. And so I'm really, really super excited to go over this with y'all. And uh, this is the way I heard it. So, um, I think the first time I heard this one was on YouTube, and he's got these AOL sessions um, up on there, which are amazing, by the way. If you haven't seen his AOL sessions, um, you need to definitely do that ASAP. <laughs> but uh, let's go over some of the words here. Right in the beginning, it says, the picture is painted and it says <clears throat> neon shines through smoky eyes tonight it's 2 a.m. and I'm drunk again it's heavy on my mind and um, yeah I mean if you're anything like me like <laughs> you've been there before right <laughs> and uh, then once in a while I still find myself in that in that place on <laughs> you know but um, like so the neon shines through smoky eyes tonight it reminds me of a bar it's a bar scene right um, so, like, you can picture that, that neon sign in the background. You can even hear it buzzing, probably. And the way I see it, when, it, when it, the way he says that, though, is, like, I could imagine, um, like, a camera. If it, if it was, like, a movie scene, I could imagine, like, a uh, camera, like, panning around the main character of the song. You know what I mean? And then, like, as it goes into his face, like, you kind of, like, you can see, like, the, like, he's holding a cigarette or a cigar, whatever he's smoking, don't matter, but like, the smoke's rolling up, and you know, 
between you, between your view and his eyeballs, you know, and you can see like the neon sign in the background and stuff, and it just kind of sets that tone, and it's just kind of like, he's uh, kind of lost in his mind, or he's, not maybe not lost, but maybe stuck, I don't know, whatever word you want to use, but that's how I see it anyways, kind of that bar scene, right? Uh, he goes on to say, I could never love again so much as I loved you. Where you end, where I begin is like a river going through. And, um, so obviously it's like, I could never love again so much as I love you. It's describing the importance of somebody that was, that he's, that he's describing. It's, it's describing the importance of how much you love this person. And my, one of my favorite things too is when, you know, like musicians or people use rivers as like, um, like metaphors or analogies, whatever the word you want to use, or like just the description of a river is so big and I love it. So like where you end, where I begin is like a river going through. It's like rivers, you know, begin and end from something much bigger, like oceans or lake, whatever, whatever they're spilling into or, or coming from, whatever. Right? So it's like something much bigger. And then like how wild rivers can get, like the bends that they can have, and like the depth that some rivers have, uh, rocky bottoms, you know, and soft bottoms though, like clay, there's also like the rapids, real quick spots, there's danger, there's falls sometimes, you know, and there, it, but there's also, it, but the beauty around it, and like, um, it's, it's like the veins of the earth, Riffy, that's how I look at rivers, they're like the veins of earth, so they're super important. But, um, yeah, but how wild they can be. And every year they change, you know, like, well, around, around where I do, they live, like, the ice can really chip away at the, at the uh, sides of rivers. And, you know, your, the river bend might not be there next year and it might be somewhere else. Or, you know, there's just amazing how, I don't know, might be going a little bit too much on the river thing here. But it's important to me. So now then it's a big part of the song, I think. I love it. I just love how the beginning goes. Um. So then he says, take my eyes and take my heart, I need them no more. If never again I fall upon the one I so adore. Uh, again, I think it's just hammering down the importance of the person. Take my eyes and take my heart. Can't, well, not, I don't think you can really live without your heart. Not that I'm aware of anyways. Um, so it's like, that's a really important uh, organ that you, that you need life and your eyeballs too are like it's an important sense it's a it's a nice luxury to have that i believe you know most of us have that uh <laughs> that nice sense that we can enjoy so and but he's he's like putting that on the table saying like take my eyes and take my heart i need them no more because if never again i fall upon the one i so adore like um again kind of like a little bit ago just hammering down the importance of uh this person um and he goes on to say, excuse me, please, one more drink. Could you make it strong? Because I don't need to think that she broke my heart. My grace is gone. One more drink and I'll move on. You know, and I think, again, so it's like kind of like snapping out of that and talking to the bartender. Or it doesn't have to be at a bar, but like, that's how I see it. Yeah, I'm talking to the bartender. Could you make one more drink, please? Could you make it strong? I don't need to think she broke my heart. My grace is gone. One more drink and I'll move on. And uh, the thing about Grace in this song is interesting because not only is it a name, right? But like, the definition of Grace and like what Grace is, uh, is important. So like, I always wonder like, is Grace a person? Like a, like the literal name of somebody? Um, or is his Grace gone? You know, like, um, so like, I got a couple of definitions right here of Grace that I'll share with you. That way, I don't seem like a total lunatic. <laughs> but so, grace, simple elegance or refinement of movement. Right, so like a dancer would have grace, or um, maybe like, you could even say like martial arts. Um, anybody that has like a fluent um, movement, and like there's grace in that, right? Um, and then there's another really cool definition here. An attractively polite manner of behaving would be another noun for grace, right? 
So he's saying that his grace is gone. So his elegance or his movement, his um, his step, you know, kind of his, I don't know what you want to call it, but his grace is gone. Um, or his polite manner of behaving, like the social norm of maybe his, <laughs> you know, like, Drinking, I've always kind of called drinking as like a, a band-aid on something that needs stitched, right? So like, but that's that's so attractively polite manner of behaving. The grace is gone. Usually we're not at our best when we're drinking, so it's like, but sometimes it's, sometimes, sometimes you need it, right? I don't know, whatever. But, um... Then he goes on to say, one drink to remember, and then another to forget. How could I ever dream to find sweet love like you again? <laughs> so it's, I think it's cool too in this song. When he says, how, like, how many times one more drink, right? I think that's so cool. Not only is like, does it cool when it just like goes with the song, right? Like it just sounds natural to say it in the song. Or, or like, Hopefully I don't overuse this word, but like fluent, it just sounds like it fits in, right? But like, I think it's important how many times he says that. So it's like drinking to excess in a way. And we'll, uh, we'll get to that. Um, we'll get to that again later. We're going to revisit that idea. But right now, um, one more drink. He says once right there. And then one more drink and I'll move on. There's two. There's one drink to remember, then another to forget. He's at four drinks right now. <laughs> so it's like... He's having a good time. Well, well, kind of a good time. He's trying to, right? So it's like one drink to remember. Remembering good times. Remembering like what was, right? It's like reminiscing. I do it. I go through that all the time. And I think some of us even do, if not most, whatever. Kind of remember the good times, right? A, a good drink will sometimes bring out the best, and you'll remember things, whatever. But then, but then another to forget. Um, cause you start getting sloppy after a while, right? And he's like aware of this. That's how I see it. Like, um, after a while, it's like an emotional roller coaster. And again, that's why drinking is not always the, the best when you're going through like a situation. Cause like, especially when you're in a, an emotional situation, um, like then, cause drinking is just like, you're laughing and laughing and laughing and you're like, oh, oh my goodness gracious. You know, like it, it's just like an emotional roller coaster. And, um, but that's that's what this whole song is about, and I love. I just it's like I said earlier. Like I've been there before, and I'm sure most of us have. You know, um, it's it's part of life. Um, how could I ever dream to find sweet love like this again? And that, that's like, you know, if you ever lost someone or something, whatever, something that you loved, um, that's always that's always a question that I think everybody has asked themselves at one point or will. So that's important. Um, one drink to remember, then another to forget. Then he goes again and says, "Excuse me, please, one more drink." So he's at like five drinks now, I think. <laughs> so, would you make it strong? Cause I don't need to think that she broke my heart. My grace is gone. One more drink and I'll move on. So if you count that as another drink, maybe he didn't receive that the first time. But I'm gonna go ahead and say he received it, right? Cause that's how I hear it. <laughs> but. One more drink and I'll move on. So he's at like six drinks right now, I believe. If I if my math is great, <laughs> right? But um, one more drink and I'll move on. Um, yeah, it's just uh, re remembering things like uh, like like he was saying earlier. One drink to remember and another to forget. And um, yeah, alcohol. It's like a, a band aid on something that needs stitching. Is all, and that's uh, like. Love the song. Freaking love the song. Um, sorry, I lost my place here. Uh, oh, <clears throat> the next uh, verse, I suppose, would go, You think of things impossible, then the sun refused to shine. When I woke with you beside me, your cold hand laid in mine. So it's like, um, you think of things impossible, like, like, um, like, a, like a dreams. Like or goals, things that you want to achieve, but like you're like ah, you talk yourself out of it, perhaps. Or um, I mean, that's how I see it anyhow. It's like you think of things impossible, like um, like I want to be, I don't know, whatever you want to be. I want to be an astronaut, but you think it's impossible. But then the sun refused to shine, which like you don't think about the sun not. Well, some people 
I would say most people don't think about the sun not shining. Or what? Like what? Would, I'll ask that question right now. Like, what would happen, man? Like, if if the sun didn't shine tomorrow? Like, what if you woke up and the sun was just gone? Well, we'd probably be all gone immediately. I imagine we'd probably freeze or whatever happens. I have no idea. Some scientists could explain that one better. But you know, what would happen? Like, life would literally stop. That would be it. And I don't know how long it would take. But like, if the sun decided, eh just gonna turn off <laughs> like it would be interesting so something you might say is impossible you know what i mean but but then he's a he's like throwing the idea at you that it happens so like you think of things impossible then the sun refused to shine it's like uh oh it's kind of like a slap in the head from like, like from reality you know um that's how i that's how i hear it um when I woke with you beside me, your cold hand laid in mine. This is another interesting thing, because if his grace is gone, um, again, is grace a person? And, you know, I think the literal looking at that was your cold hand laid in mine. Um, you know, dead people's hands are cold, right? So it's like, that, you know, if you literally look at it like that. But, <clears throat> I also kind of look at it more like, um, when I woke with you beside me, your cold hand laid in mine, I had also just, like, a feeling, like, having, like, you know, giving somebody, like, a cold shoulder, or, like, um, just being cold towards somebody can be, like, um, how I, this is more how I see it, actually, is, like, you know, if you've been in, like, a relationship, and things are going good for a few months, or even years, whatever, whatever your, um, experience is, um, you know that feeling, it's like that, like, people call it, like, the honeymoon stage, you know, like, everything's all gravy, baby, you know, chilling out, doing your thing, ain't nothing wrong with the world, and all of a sudden, you notice one day, you get a, you know, like, you kiss that person, or, um, hug, like, the hugs don't seem as tight, you know what I mean, or, like, the kiss was kind of just, like, eh. you know what I mean, like, something's different, um, but, like, that's more how I see it, like, when I woke with you beside me, your cold hand laid in mine. Like, something's going on. Like, like feelings are leaving, perhaps. That's how I hear it. That's that's the best way I can relate to it, anyhow. But then, here we go. Uh, excuse me, please, one more drink. Could you make it strong? Because I don't need to think that she broke my heart. My grace is gone. One more drink and I'll go. Excuse me, please, one more drink. Could you make it strong? Because I don't need to think she broke my heart. My grace is gone. One more drink and I'll move on. One more drink and I'll move on. One more drink, my grace is gone. Like, so, I know I kind of went through a whole lot there, but, um, you're cold and late mine. Yeah, so again, like, if we were at six drinks a minute ago, so there, now there's seven, make it strong, because I don't need to think my, she, or she broke my heart, my grace is gone. Um, one more drink and I'll go. If he gets that drink, that's eight. <laughs> then he goes again, excuse me, please, one more drink. You know, like, I love that too. That's a, a great part of the song is like, on that very last one, um, just like, mm, he just gets it. Oh, like, if you watch, like, any, I think he does it, like, just part of the song is like, hammering that last, excuse me, please, one more drink. Um, it's loud and like, I've, it's just amazing. It's just an awesome, awesome song. And then he just kills it right there. Just is like, damn, he does that. He gets into his music, you know, and that's this is one of them. And that, that's at that point. Um, that last, excuse me, please, one more drink. Could you make it strong? Because I don't need to think she broke my heart. My grace is gone. One more drink and I'll move on. So if, you, if we're at eight drinks in the beginning, the very last time he gets three more, so that, this whole song, he had 11 drinks that were stiff, <laughs> you know, like, because he, he's asking, could you make it strong, because I don't need to think she broke my heart. Um, so if he's received all these drinks, he's had 11 stiff drinks, and his grace is gone. Some people might say his grace is gone, like, not acting in a polite manner, right? Like, not socially, like, a lot of people might be like, oh, that's too much to drink, but... I don't know. When does it become too much? It's it's interesting to me. It depends on the situation. It depends on lots of things. But you know, he's admitting, or at least saying that his grace is gone. Like his his elegance, his um, 
his thought, his mind, his um, just what grace was that we went over a minute ago, like in the definitions, like his grace is gone. And so, um, or is it literally grace, like a grace that, like a person, like a girl's name, perhaps, right? Because it, I guess it could be a dude's name too, but I've, I think I've only met women that have the name Grace, so, which is very beautiful, by the way. You're very lucky you've got that name, so I'll toss that out there too. But yeah, um, this was my one of my top favorite Dave Matthews songs. Like if again, if you've ever, if you've ever heard me talk about what's you know when what's my favorite Dave song, I'll probably give you ten. <laughs> it depends on the day. This is one of them. Um, this was the first song that I've ever. The first Dave Matthews song that I that I wanted to learn and from the AOL sessions, it's incredible, and um, it's and I think I don't remember if I mentioned this earlier, but the you know, watching it live too, the fr- like I've been to a few Dave shows, and uh, the first time I got to hear this one was with him and Tim Reynolds over at Canandaigua, New York, at the C-Mac, and uh, I was you know it was, it was an awesome show. I can't remember which one it was. But, you know, I've been to a few of them, but there's, um, you know, it just brings a smile to my face every time you, when you're just watching him play it live, you know, and you hear it on the radio, you watch it on YouTube, it's all, it's all, it's all great, right? But watching the man play it for real is, um, it's, uh, gives you goosebumps, kind of, or it's like, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's incredible, so, well, anyhow, I'm very lucky to be able to get this song done, and it was pretty cool. Andrew was like, hey, can you, you know, do one of these, uh, the way I heard it segments? And he was like, just choose whatever song you want, whatever you're feeling. And I was like, oh, heck yeah. So and I was like, this is the one I'm going with. So um, it's a great, it's a great tune. Um, I love it. And it's, yeah, very, very fortunate to be able to do this. So thank you very much, Andy. And Hopefully y'all enjoyed what I got to say. I'm kind of diving in the mind of a crazy man. So, <laughs> let, um, you know, get in touch with us too and let us know what you think. If there's something I missed or, you know, if there's something, you know, something more that I need, need to think about, it'd be awesome. So, thanks guys for your time. I really appreciate it. Y'all be good. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Later. <laughs>